It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Y'all wanted moves? <laughs> we got some moves, baby. We got a big trade. The first probably big trade in the Scott Harris era for the Detroit Tigers. We also have an addition in the Rule 5 draft. We're going to talk about the newest members of the Detroit Tigers organization all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All righty. Well, the time is here. We have officially seen our first big trade of the Scott Harris era for the Detroit Tigers. And look, we've been talking about this. We've been talking about the possibility of Joe Jimenez getting getting traded for a while now. Uh, This made sense. If there was anyone on the team that was the most likely to get traded, it was Joe Jimenez. And now we are here. And this is, while it's always going to be a surprise whenever you receive a trade, it being Joe Jimenez specifically, is not a shocking thing. And again, something that we've talked about at lengths so far this offseason and honestly going back to the trade deadline. This is something that we have talked about on this show as a very real possibility and something that the Tigers should look into. Now, there's a few things to address. We will certainly break down the players as a whole as that is the biggest story of the day are the new members of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, There are some questions rolling around about what this means for the Detroit Tigers, okay? And because we traded for two players that last year played in the minor leagues and then took on a Rule 5 pick, who obviously has never played in the majors because he's a Rule 5 pick. So three players who last year were in the minors were added to the Detroit Tigers organization today, and one who was a very good, very, very good reliever has left. And a lot of people are wondering about the direction. Nobody wants to enter another rebuild. Okay. It's not a rebuild, quote unquote, if we're not tearing anything down. This team has not been good. We're not rebuilding from anything. I think that As winter meetings have gone on, clearly we are not going to go out there and sign the Aaron Judges of the world or like we're not going to get Carlos Correa or or we're not going to get Dansby Swanson. Like the the big name free agents, there's already plenty more that have already gone off the board. Xander Bogarts is like gone and is a pod right now, like right when this show is happening. Um, Trey Turner is gone, right? Like the the big, big names are already going off the board. And, and while everybody wants this team to compete and wants this team to be good and wants to watch a, a non-rebuilding team, I would say two things. One, we still have a long off season to go. I don't think 2023 has really been decided yet. I guess that's the word I want to go with. 
it's again, it's very clear we're not going to throw a hundred million dollars into players this offseason and just go for like broke in, in 2023. That's clearly not happening. But I don't think that it's completely decided that it's just like a throw in the towel year either. Scott Harris has to know what he has in front of him and has not been the leader of this team while this current product has been on the field. And the the current 40-man roster will certainly not be the 40-man roster on opening day. We still have a long ways to go in this offseason. I know everybody sees all these other moves being made, blah, blah, blah. We want to see moves too. We don't want to feel left out. We want. I get it, and I feel you. But we still have a long offseason to go. And I would say, let's see what he does. Let Scott Harris cook a little bit. Okay, let's just see. We don't have to get all mad about every single day that we Aaron Judge isn't a Tiger. We don't have to be upset. Like, let's just see what happens before we judge. <laughs> get it, Judge. What he's done so far. Now, we can judge this trade. And I like it. We're going to start with that. I'm a fan. I think this is really good value. There's a few things to keep in mind here. Joe Jimenez was a reliever for starters. Relief pitcher. First and honestly foremost. This time I mean foremost. Okay? Also, on an expiring deal. He is an unrestricted free agent after this upcoming season. He also, we are very quick to forget that Everything besides 2022 Joe Jimenez was not that great, okay? So you have a dude who's been in the majors for five years, is coming off a career year, and is an unrestricted free agent again in nine months. I I think that that's, A, a a pretty good trade candidate, which is, again, what we've been saying. And, B, I think that what we got for him is pretty solid value. I'm not saying it's the fleece of the century or anything, but I think that this is a trade that honestly could work out for both sides just how they want it to. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We don't have to fleece everybody we trade. We can It can be a mutually beneficial thing, and I think this might be a scenario in which that's the case. The Braves are obviously in win-now mode. Bullpen is a hot commodity when you're in win now mode. You you want a bullpen, especially come October. And Joe Jimenez was objectively one of the best relievers in the game of baseball last year. Okay. He was phenomenal. Look at his baseball savant page and your jaw will hit the floor. He was unbelievable. All right. So I, I understand that when the trade first comes across the desk and, oh, we traded like one of the better relievers in the American League last year and didn't get like the number one prospect in baseball. Oh, my goodness. This is ridiculous. And people start flipping tables. Like you have to realize the scenario. Again, rental, righty reliever, rental, and, and really only has this one good year. Like his all-star season in the second half, he, he wasn't even that good. He ended with like a 4-3 ERA. And that was kind of a, like, Gregory Soto all-star nomination where, like, oh, we're a bad team. We don't really have anyone else. Let's send our rookie reliever. That's been pretty good so far. Right? Given the value, I think this is a good deal. It's a really fun deal. Let's talk about it, okay? Enough talking about everything else. Let's talk about the trade itself. 
The Tigers have traded Joe Jimenez to the Atlanta Braves for third baseman slash outfielder Justin Henry Malloy and left-handed pitcher Jake Higginbotham, I believe is how you pronounce that. If it's not, I apologize. But that's my first shot at his last name. That's what I'm going with, okay? It's important to note, too, that it, that it came out right after the trade happened from some Braves beat writers that the Braves wanted Joe Jimenez at the trade deadline and couldn't reach a deal with the previous regime. And now here we are. And that was something that, again, on this show, we talked about why is Joe Jimenez like, love the dude. Why is he still on this roster? A year and a half of control left, having a career first half at the time. And we held on to him for what reason? Well, Scott Harris comes in and I don't want to say like rights are wrong because Joe Jimenez is, is never a bad player to have on your team. He, he's a, he's a, was a phenomenal reliever this year, but comes in and, and does what should have been done in my opinion in July. And I really like Justin Henry Malloy. I really do. And I'm sorry that this episode is late. And the reason it's late is because I did a lot of, of show prep for what I thought I was going to talk about. And then we made a move pretty late in the evening. And then I had other work to do. And so here we are very late at night. So let's just, let's get to our first ad break. Then we'll get to Justin Henry Malloy. Okay. Cause I want to, I want to talk a, a little bit about, about Malloy and how much I enjoy the fact that he is in the Tigers organization. Now I really like this trade. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two here, Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. The Locked On Sports Today podcast available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about Justin Henry Malloy. He was ranked the number six prospect in the Brave system, according to Baseball America, the best bat that they had by some accounts, the best uh, off non-pitcher that they had by, by several accounts. Uh, according to MLB.com, he is the 11th ranked prospect in the Brave system. He was a sixth round pick in 2021. Uh, one of the quotes from Baseball America in regarding Malloy is, while Malloy might have above average raw power, his strike zone discipline and contact ability drive his value as a prospect. He has one of the keenest batting eyes in Atlanta's system. You're going to start seeing a theme here, and we'll talk about that at the end when, when we go through all three of these additions. We're going to talk about the, the system that is being put in place, but we, we've known ever since the introductory press conference, that Scott Harris loves him some people that dominate the strike zone on either side of the ball, right? Whether you are a pitcher, that means you don't walk players. And if you're a hitter, that means you walk a lot. And he has a profile. He has a system that he wants to put in place. That's why you saw so many people get removed from the roster. If you had a low walk rate as a hitter, see ya. 
and this new wave of Tigers players are going to draw walks. And it brings a tear to my eye that that is the system that is being put in place. That makes me incredibly happy. Um, This is something that I have made abundantly clear since like episode one of me taking over this show that I love walks. And that is a philosophy that makes sense in my head that I subscribe to and that I fully get behind and believe. And the fact that now my favorite baseball team's front office is subscribing to a similar logic at worst and the same logic at best is nothing short of awesome. So I'm a huge fan of this. Now let's take a look at the numbers, his player profile, what makes Justin Henry Malloy a really good get for the Detroit Tigers. Again, first and foremost, the walks. Listen to these walk numbers, okay? These jump off the page at you in high single A. In 2021, he was drafted in 2021, right? This dude is 22 years old. He he was just drafted last summer. So in his professional debut in single A in 37 games, he had a 16.3% walk rate paired with a 388 on base percentage. Obviously, that's going to be really high. A 434 slug and a 270 batting average. Uh, that's a WRC plus of 126, 26% better than league average. Then this season, he started off in high single A and ended the season in triple A because he just kept hitting everywhere he was going. In the start of the season, like I said, high single A, 71 games, had the most played appearances there of any level that he played in this year, had a 14.7% walk rate, a 304 batting average, an on-base percentage of over 400, and a slugging percentage of almost 480. Very, very solid. 10 home runs in 71 games, really solid. Uh, For those who are big RBI people still, 44 RBIs in 71 games. Not a bad clip. He gets called up to double A. 54 games, has an 18.1% walk rate. Did you hear me? In 54 games, he had an 18% walk rate. 268 average, another on-base percentage over 400, and a 421 slug. So a little bit lower in the slugging department with the call-up. Only had six home runs in those 51 games, but still 31 RBIs in 54 games is is not a bad clip. 2022, I'm not a big RBI guy. I'm just saying that because I know some people still are, and and I know that for a fact because I read the comments of my videos. So I'm just trying to to accommodate to all types of fans when I read out these stats. Then in AAA, ends the season in AAA, only plays in eight games. So take it with a grain of salt if you want to. Had an insane 21% walk rate in his eight games in AAA. Um, a 280 average, a 440 slug. So he's he's an on-base percentage machine, okay? And that is so unbelievably exciting. I love it. And again, number six prospects, according to Baseball America, in the Braves system, he will probably fall into around the same area with the Tigers. He will probably immediately be the sixth or seventh ranked prospect in the Tigers system when he is added in there and everybody updates their websites and whatnot. Um, where does he fall on, on the defensive side of things? 
This is a dude who has played a little bit of third base and a little bit of left field. Okay. He is a righty. 22-year-old right-handed hitter, right-handed thrower. Six foot three, by the way. Pretty big. So when looking at where he falls defensively, obviously the Tigers have a massive hole at third base at the time of this recording. Massive. Right now at the major league level, if the ball was hit the third, no one would be there to field it. Okay? That doesn't necessarily mean that I think Henry Malloy is just going to be the third baseman either. I think that they're going to give him a legitimate shot in the corner outfield as well because, again, as we know, this team currently only has left-handed hitting outfielders. All five, if you count Kerry Carpenter, six of the outfielders on this 40-man roster are literally all lefties. So I think there's a chance that they give him a legitimate look in the outfield. He's not like a big-time plus defender if you're looking for like Brandon Inge 2.0 with the glove, right? Like you're, you're not going to find that most likely at third. Um, but if he can be a serviceable defender wherever he ends up falling in line, right? Like if he ends up playing third base, great, fine by me. If he ends up in left field, great. Put him wherever he is going to be a just like fine defender. You brought this dude in because he gets on base, not because he's going to be an uber, you know, gold glove caliber defender, not because he's going to hit 40 home runs, because he is going to be a problem for pitchers. He only chased, this is one of the, the more impressive stats of this entire thing. He had an 18% chase rate. 18%. He only chased 18%. Of balls that were out of the strike zone. Incredibly impressive stuff. Significantly lower. And again, that's at, you know, the, the minor leagues. I He's going to get, when he makes the majors, I'm sure that those numbers will go up because it's major league pitching. All fine and dandy. The point is, he's 22 years old and improving dramatically. He is improving very, very quickly. Again, this is a dude that was in single A, like when the lockout ended. And when the season ended, he was in AAA. They asked Scott Harris about where he was likely going to start. They said AAA. Uh, he said probably AAA, I guess is what Scott Harris said. And then he also admitted that he is improving so fast and improved so much throughout this season and has done so much for his development that it, quote, certainly wouldn't rule out making his debut at the start of the season either. I would say if I had to bet money right now, and bet online, that uh, he's going to start the season in AAA and probably be a mid-season call-up would be the, like the best-case scenario if everything's going to plan. Had an 862 OPS this season across all three levels for those who are just looking for like one number of how good he did do overall. 862 OPS across all three levels. Really, really solid number. Those are along the, the numbers of a lot of the players we added to the 40-man to protect from the Rule 5 draft. Okay, mostly a pull hitter, definitely pulls a, a lot more pitches than not, but also in the Arizona Fall League showed the ability to kind of spray the ball all over the place, has hit the ball all over the place, but most of his power is to the pull side. Um, I, I love him, man. I, I love, I really do. And, and again, like I'm not trying to make it sound like we just got, you know, like the number one prospect in baseball for Joe Jimenez. Like I'm not trying to, to oversell him either, but I'm a dramatic emotional human and I really, really like this deal. I think value wise, this is spot on, I guess is my point. I don't think that this is a fleece job, 
like I said earlier, I, th- I think the Braves, di- like they have a major league lineup. They have a major league offense. They have a solid defense. Um, Long term, where does Justin Henry Malloy really fit in? Probably nowhere. And they got one of the best relievers in baseball last year for someone that it was kind of iffy where their long-term place on this team was anyway. I think this that, that we can say that this is a good deal for both sides and not be like, oh, darn, I want to fleece everyone ever. You know what I mean? Some deals it's okay for, for – it to. I only care if it works out for us. I don't really care what happens to the Braves at this point. All right? Really, really like it. We also got a pitcher, uh, Jake Higginbotham, again, first time taking a shot at his name, so bear with me. Uh, but he is is also he's a little bit more interesting, I guess. This is a guy that is not highly ranked in prospect lists. Uh, he is next year, I believe, he will be twenty seven years old. He had a four seven three ERA in Double A. Scott Harris cited that he had a mid nineties fastball and a pretty solid slider. Hasn't pitched past Double A yet in his career, and, and is approaching twenty seven years old. Like I said. Um, the, the biggest thing with him is the profile. The numbers don't jump off the page at you and, and really excite you. Like, I, you know, ERA pushing five again. But this is this is a profile thing. And this is, again, we'll talk about the end of the show. This is like Scott Harris's team now. And he's going to look at the profile and, and he loves his profiles. And he's going to look at those probably more than the numbers at some point. And that might frustrate some people that might not, might not make sense to people, but he knows what he wants his team to look like. And if the profile fits it, the ERA might not matter to him. And I think that that's the case here. Now, if you're really upset about Higginbotham being in this trade, I don't know what to tell you. That's not why they accepted the trade. They accepted the trade because of Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, so this was just a throw in a piece that I don't want to say throw in either, but Scott Harris said that he thinks that Higginbotham can be maybe an effective reliever. Also his numbers in the minors, he was way better against lefties than righties, maybe a lefty specialist with that slider. We'll see what happens. But the, the reason that this trade was made, don't get it twisted. What was for Justin Henry Malloy. And I'm very happy about that. Okay. Let's keep talking. Uh, we're going to talk about the Rule 5 edition. Then we'll talk about the Tigers. We'll kind of rehash what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Then maybe riff a little bit about what I, I like saying riff now. It's like my favorite word now. Uh, well, then we're going to talk about uh, what's happening around the league as well as winter meetings come to an end. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Third and final segment here. Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all so much. Uh, I, I was doing show prep for this episode, you know, like whatever, 30 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago. And I was just so excited to just like talk to y'all about this. And I know that like some of y'all are probably like mad about it. Like, you know, can't get anybody, everybody to agree on on really anything these days. And I know people want major league talent stuff and we'll, and, and we'll get to that. Okay. We'll address it. I kind of addressed it at the beginning, but we'll address it again at the end. Um, but I, I just, I love, I love talking ball and I, and I love this move. And so I was really in the moment, you know, doing prep and stuff. I was just really excited to, to get on air and talk to you all about it. So let's talk about the rule five draft. Okay. This is something again, that we have become very used to because Alavila loved the rule five draft and honestly, bad teams should, that wasn't that, that saying that is not like slander necessarily 
against Avila. It's just like that's that's what bad teams probably should take a look at the Rule of Five draft. And so they acquire uh, or draft, I guess I should just say, Mason Englert from the Rule of Five draft. He is uh, only going to be 23 years old this upcoming season, uh, or he's, he's only 23 years old now, rather from Texas. He is. He was the Rangers' fourth-round pick in 2018. Okay, so from the Rangers system, their former fourth-round pick. This this one is really unique, and I really like it. And the reason why is because, and and Scott Harris alluded to this as well, he hasn't actually pitched that much and, and like, been able to showcase his abilities. And if Harris believes in, in the profile and believes in, uh, what he's done, and this he has like decent numbers too. I'm not saying that like this isn't a case where we drafted to do like a seven ERA. Like his numbers are pretty solid, but um, like it, it's just it's fascinating because he doesn't have that much time. He was drafted in 2018, didn't pitch for the remainder of 2018, which a lot of pitchers don't when they're drafted, right? You want to save that arm. 2019, he has Tommy John. 2020, there's no minor league season. Okay. So this dude was drafted in 2018 and 2021 was his first professional season, right? So even though you're getting, and still again, like he's only, he's only 23 years old. So like, this is really is a a guy that I, I I like, I I really like this move. Um, Oh, he also just turned 23 in November, like November 1st. So he will be 23 for next season. This past year was his age 22 year. I like it. I really do like it. And and like, it's the rule five draft and and the chances of a rule five pick turning out to being like a a spectacular player. Like the odds are, are definitely stacked against him. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that this is a world beater or like at the end of the day, he wasn't on a 40 man roster for a reason, but if you have someone that you are targeting in the rule five draft, you want a pitcher with stuff. This dude has that right Mid-90s fastball, okay? And on top of that, the off-speed is really what has made him appealing, I think, to a lot of people. The fastball is is, is okay. It's a decent pitch. He saw his velocity go up a little bit as the season went on. But really highly graded changeup, pretty decently graded slider and curveball as well. That's four pitches from a starter. And... Again, we talk about why was Scott Harris attracted to Mason Ingler? Well, let me tell you something. He pounds the strike zone and he doesn't walk people. Would you look at that? Is that not the most fascinating, shocking thing you've ever heard? Has not had a walk per nine over three at any level of the minors so far as a professional. And also has not had a K per nine under 10 at any level so far. Most recently in 15 innings, in double A in 2022, had just under a 12K per nine, but over 100 innings in 2022 in high single A had a 10.10K per nine. So, uh, really solid stuff. As far as the ERA goes, it was a 4.35 in his first professional season period in 2021 at single A. Then it was a 3.57 this year in high single A, again, over 100 innings there as well and was a starter started all 21 of his appearances he was the starting pitcher and then a 4-1-1 ERA in just the 15 innings in double A that's a pretty small sample size and like not that bad of an ERA regardless so I, I really like it and there's not a whole lot on him but as rule fives go I'm not sure you can ask for too much more than a pitcher with 
four different pitches. One is considered like well above average for a prospect in the changeup. And really all of his off speeds are pretty highly graded uh, with a mid nineties fastball and still has a lot of room to grow. Um, and again, is not going to beat himself pounds the strike zone. We want to dominate the strike zone. That's certainly going to happen. So those are the additions today. And I want to, to end the Tigers talk of this show with just reiterating the point that you can think whatever you want about Scott Harris. If you hate this move, that is your right. Okay. You, you can, I, I'm just a dude with a microphone that gets paid to talk about the Tigers. You don't have to agree with me. That's fine. Plenty of people don't. But one thing that is objectively true about the Scott Harris era is going to be that he knows the type of players that he wants. And he has a strategy. And that strategy is strike zone domination on both sides of the plate. And I know you've heard it a million times. You're tired of me saying it. You're tired of Scott Harris saying it. You want to watch ball and watch a good baseball team. I understand completely, as I do too. My point is that at least we stand for something now. And I know that's super dramatic. I know it. That's unbelievably dramatic of me to say. But the last six years, there has been no strategy. There has been no Oh, like what's, what's our, what's our, our, I guess strategy is the right word. What's our personality? What is our team? When other teams look at the Detroit Tigers, what do they think? There's a word that I want to use that I can't think of. So if anyone else could think of it, please let me know. But identity, boom, identity. That's the word. Thank you for everybody who said identity out loud. What is the Detroit Tigers identity? We haven't had one. And a lot of bad teams don't. But guess what? Good teams are teams that used to be bad and had an identity. That's what good teams are. That's how it works. No team is bad without an identity and then becomes good. All good teams are former bad teams, but they had an identity when they were bad and they saw it through. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes there are teams that are bad and have an identity, and sure, they fall flat on their face. Absolutely. But no team has ever been good, ever, without an identity. And we have one now. You are not going to be a member of the Detroit Tigers if you are a hitter that doesn't draw walks, or if you are a pitcher and going to get a lot of innings, and you're not going to dominate the strike zone either. We have a very clear identity here, and I really, really like that. Because, again, you can't take that away from anybody. That's objectively true. So you can want more out of the offseason so far. You can uh, look around and go, where's the Major League talent? I, I understand and I agree with you. But at least there is a very clear plan in place. Okay. That's that's what I'm I'm pumped about. And all of these moves today fit that plan. It just keeps reiterating it. Okay? Now, a point that I brought up earlier. What is the plan, I guess, for 2023 specifically? Too early to tell. Winter meetings is not the end-all, be-all. A lot of people saw a ton of player people making moves and got frustrated because other teams are making moves and we're not. And again, for the millionth time, I understand and I'm in the same boat as you. Okay? 
I don't think that this automatically means that the Detroit Tigers are just like going to rebuild again. And like, we're going to trade off everyone we have. I already laid out the situation. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole again. I don't really mind trading relievers like ever. I've talked about it when we let go of Andrew Chafin. I was like, yeah, that sucks. He was really good, but like, we'll live. We have a lot of other pretty strong bullpen pieces. Getting rid of one single reliever for a dude that has the potential to be an everyday bat for 162 days this summer is is really a no-brainer to me. Especially one on an expiring deal. Okay. I think that's everything Tigers related. Really quickly, uh, I guess we can save like the other stuff for tomorrow. Why don't we do that? I don't want this to be a 40-minute episode. Uh, so why don't we save the around the league winter meetings talk for tomorrow and we'll just end it right there. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. I appreciate all y'all, man. First listen every day. Just said that. Make your next listen. That's what I meant to say. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We, we, we got an identity. We have an identity. It, it took a decade. Well, not quite. That's an exaggeration. It took seven years. But dang it, we have an identity again. Um, as far as the rest of the offseason and moves really quickly, uh, they will make more moves. I think that more trades are coming because I think that that just makes sense. Uh, I think if... Teams that aren't active on the free agent market, that is how they then get better because the teams all spend money. You see everybody's roster and then you can more easily identify holes on rosters because they've spent money to address the holes that they want to address already. So, you know, teams go out there and they they spend and they bring in three, four free agents. Well, they've already spent a boatload of money Now let's take a look at their roster as it stands, figure out what holes they have even after spending all that money and see if we can help them out. This team is not a zero asset. We can't trade anybody team that a lot of people would have you believe. Now, bats, (laughs) maybe, okay? You might win that argument with the offense. But on the pitching side of things, there are a, a plethora of legitimate trade pieces Eduardo Rodriguez, we'll talk about that later this week. That's already starting to make the rounds on Tigers Twitter. Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic was the first person that I'm aware of to really kind of make that idea public, and it's a brilliant one, okay? So we'll talk about that. Um, This bullpen, we've talked about it a million times. They could keep going. Soto doesn't dominate the strike zone, okay? I hate to break it to everybody. Breaking news, right? Stuff you didn't already know. It's possible. Anything's possible. But just because they didn't go out and sign a bunch of free agents in the first three or four days doesn't automatically mean that, like, this is going to be the roster on opening day. Like, there's three months of the offseason left. I'm just as impatient as all y'all. I totally get it. Okay? I wish that we were going out there and spending money and, and, and Illich was just breaking the bank on players. I am with you. I agree before you send your hate comments. <laughs> but still a long offseason to go. Let's see what he cooks because clearly trades are coming because there's no way he's done yet. There's no way this is just the roster. There's a 0% chance. Zero. 
We don't have a third baseman. <laughs> All right, let's see what happens. I appreciate y'all so much. Exciting times, uh, stressful times, questionable times. Only time will tell on this deal at the end of the day. But as it stands right now, sign me up. I'm a fan. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.